I just saw that movie yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. The original, uh, um, yeah, Willy Wonka, dude. Willy yeah. Wonka and, and the and the Chocolate Factory. You know that um, movie? It always hits, dude. It's like, it's it's Gene perfect. Wilder, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, he's just so good in that movie, it, and like all his like monologues are just awesome, dude. It's such a like a it's a rare performance, you know? It, yeah, it, it really yeah, is. Yeah, because all of Gene Wilder's things, you could say that about like every movie he's in. Like he's he was just he's just that kind of performer. But like with Willy Wonka in particular, man, I don't know what it is. He's quite the character. Like yeah, he, he makes yeah. them quite the character from like the, the merry moment you meet the dude, and then until the very end, and then it's a roller coaster of emotions with him. Dude, it's and, so many emotions, and it gets like, dark when they're in that tunnel. Like when oh, they and go then, uh, that fucking psychedelic shit. Yeah, not only there, it's the. Good day! I said good day, sir! You get you nothing! St- <laughs> you stole fizzy lifting drinks! <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> that was intense, actually. Like, uh, yeah. that moment was, like, super intense, because he's, he he's super serious. Yeah, like, he was pissed. Th- th- yeah. th- that's how good he is. Like, he was just so good at looking, like, really angry after just, like, being, like, not angry. <laughs> yeah, it it's, was, uh, it's like it's all that stuff turning on a dime. Like yeah. he's, and and like you get that weird shit because Willy Wonka is a dude who's been in his factory for his entire life. Yeah, so like, of course he's like a weirdo, but like it, it's so you know, and it's a weirdo who's like cool with killing kids. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> Cause, you know, because we never find out what happens. But to then him. again, They're... these fucking kids deserve it, though. You know? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you they know, do. You know what? It passes our rule. Like, yeah, that's, that, that's our horror rule. Yeah, dude. they deserve it. <laughs> what did you think of the of the Tim Burton version of you, it? You know, I don't mind it. I don't uh, mind it either. My daughter likes it. Uh, she yeah, prefers it over the original. I, you know, I could see that because it's a generational thing for yeah. sure. But uh, like, like he is uh, like Johnny Depp is weird in it. You know what I mean? He is like yeah. very like he's very out there with it, which is good. Um, I do like the little like dentist backstory and shit that they put in there. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, because it was it was Johnny Depp before, like, it, like you know, it, it was part of his string of doing weird characters. Yeah. But then, like, towards, uh, I guess, like, towards the 2010s, I, I guess I would say, this last decade or so, he just started, like, phoning it in big time. Well, you know, he's, he's so rich, he fucking... Yeah, I know, he just know. gave up. He was like, <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah, like, but, I uh, get But, yeah, but uh, welcome, folks. <laughs> to, to, before we get into it, to, am I coming in clear? Am I coming in clear? 
<laughs> um, to the 25th episode of uh, The Morgue, the official Corpse Feed podcast. And with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Nick Valdez at comicbook.com. Howdy, Tex. What's up? Howdy, everybody. How you doing, Arturo? Uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, I had the terrible um, disservice of watching um, Brahms 2 the other day. Right, yeah. right. Um, I, you, so it's Brahms to the boy? It's... No, it's I thought it was Brahms. like the boy Brahms, too. The boy too. Oh, that's so. That's bad. That's a yeah. bad title. Or the boy like, too, Brahms. But like, yeah. Yuck. Yuck. So <laughs> as I explained before in a previous episode, my distaste for this version because, um, first of all, the movie's trash. Uh, let's just get that out of the way. It's trash. I don't even have to go through it anymore. Um, yeah, it's, like full spoilers too. Yeah, like just just go ahead. It was very boring. Um, so as I said before, like the trailer pretty much kind of is the movie. Uh, okay. So the doll in this version is possessed, um, which is like kind of fucking weird because the original movie involves, as I've mentioned before, involves this dude who lives in this house. So. Um, his parents hire this nanny to take care of the boy doll, right? But what really happens is this kid, right, was uh, he killed a girl like when he was younger. But his parents protected him and they hid him in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been living in the house ever since. So they kind of have this doll to kind of just be um, an avatar, you can say. You know what I mean? Um, right. uh, so he is the one that actually moves the doll around at night because he, he's moving in between the walls and shit like that. So it makes it seem like there is something going on with the doll, but it's just this dude whose name is actually Brahms who's been living in this mansion because his parents hit him away because he's a murderer. Um, and, you know, that was kind of neat because I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. I initially thought when I watched the first uh, boy is that it was some kind of possessed doll thing, but it wasn't. It was this kind of cool little twist, which uh, I dug. So I don't understand now how you have this doll to be really possessed because this dude actually like like lived through the end of the movie. Right. Right. You could have done a sequel with that guy. Yeah, you could have done some shit with that guy. Right. But no, they they legit went the full like. It's not even like child's play style, and like the guy's ghost is possessing the doll now. Or no, something. the doll no. is like legit possessed and, and mm. just causing chaos, and it was just very boring. And what what kind of what kind of possession is it? No, is just, it like is it like Annabelle comes home with Jace with like demon yes, shit? Yeah, it's it like- um, it's more. You know what? I don't even remember honestly. Like, <laughs> like I just know Katie Holmes was in it, okay. and. This kid from, I think, The Prodigy was in it. This movie that came out last year. Yeah, The um, Prodigy isn't that bad. That was pretty decent. I liked it. Like, yeah, it's it's a solid, like, watch-at-home movie. <laughs> it really is. But that that um, story they concocted there, The Prodigy, was that's something different. That's yeah. dope. Um, it, it, uh, it dealt with um, a version of uh, reincarnation, right? right? Mm-hmm. Called, uh, I think it's, fuck, it's like, transcarnation or transfiguration or some shit like that i totally forgot about it um but uh it was when a killer died his soul kind of like was uh reborn into this baby it was fucking cool how everything just unfolded when the when the kid you know hit puberty the, yeah yeah the it's, soul. A, it's, a, it's a neat idea it's yeah like, um, and the ending was dope though ending was good though yeah, there was a there was a movie that like kind of had that same idea or kind of had that idea but didn't go for it. It was like Orphan or something like that. Oh, Orphan? Uh, 
Yeah, I think with that's... With that girl who was an yeah. old lady? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was like... It was a cool idea. It was just really long. Yeah. Um, the Orphan <laughs> cocks in at over two hours, dude. Yeah, that movie's... That movie's... Weird. Like, it's... It's basically like... Uh, it wanted to be Benjamin Button, I guess. But a little, like, uh, a little side note about that. I think there's a prequel coming out about the early life of the, you know, of the old lady in Orphan. Mm. Yeah, so you know they're definitely digging deep on that one. Yeah, they're they're digging for like you're digging in a puddle. There's there's nothing there. <laughs> Who knows? You know what? Who knows, man? You know what? Whatever. Yeah, you're right. Like it's you're all right. it's all it's like I mentioned before. It's all just reboots and you're right sequels. Because Annabelle comes home, like I I will give everything credit now, or at least try to give credit. Because like yeah, that we I mean, while we're on the subject of dolls and puppets and stuff, and we did a whole episode on that, but like that was a prequel that took me by surprise that I enjoyed. So yes. like I mean, who knows? Maybe that was good too. But, but it's uh, funny though, but because Annabelle comes home is not really a prequel though. It's oh uh, yeah, it's a it's a. It's no, like it is a prequel it's like a sequel. conjuring one and a half, right? Yeah, right. It's like a it's so, it's right in the middle of one and two. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, it's like a little filler, in in between what happens after they collect Annabelle, um, yeah, and all that right. stuff, and before uh, it's in the okay, yeah, yeah, and before they go to no, I think no, wait, no, no, because that chair was in there. Yeah, you're right. right. The so, old man's chair was in there. So this is like after Conjuring 2. It's setting up Conjuring 3, I Which, guess? by the way, I think it's called uh, something about hell or other. Um, I know they gave a title. Um, oh, earlier. right. For the for the next one, right? Yeah, for uh, part three. Coming out in September, I believe. That's going to be good. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I they, mean, look. It's not just, James Wan. It's it's not James Wan. Hmm, right? Yeah. It isn't right. I believe we. He, he's stuck um, doing like Aquaman and stuff now. I'll take it. I mean, you know what? Hey, <laughs> listen, I'm a horror guy, but I kind of want to see another Aquaman. I want to see what he does with that. I had fun with that, you know. Like, I mean, he stuck dude, his horror shit in there. You he know, gave we got me, that. dude. He gave us Insidious and Conjuring. Like, yeah, I think he's good. You know, yeah, he's he's good enough to cash those Warner Brothers. He's checks. good because like, he's a horror guy, but you know, you know, he has other interests which which are leading to cool movies. He's also coming out with one. He has like a passion project also coming out, I believe. Um, that oh yeah, like a another original idea. So yes, an original idea. So that should be interesting. I mean, look, if like you said, he started like two huge ass franchises, yeah. so he's earned. He he's like the blank check right now. He's like our our the Mike Flanagan type. Exactly, but, exactly. But like James Wan wants to do blockbusters, and I'm like, fuck it, like, fuck do it, it, do it, man. Oh, so uh, the Conjuring Three is called The Devil Made Me Do It. Okay, that sounds legit though. I dig it because like uh, that's that's a line like from one of the actual uh, cases or some shit. I think right. But uh, just <laughs> just to cap off the boy Arturo, so um, pay for it, wait for it, stay away from. Oh it. I'm no, pretty you sure. stay away from it at all costs. <laughs> if anything, just watch uh, the first one on a like super lazy Sunday. Um, and that guy who's doing uh, Conjuring Three. Uh, don't tell me. Oh my god. He is the same guy who directed La Llorona. Oh no. Oh. Alright, so um, hopefully Ooh, Patrick boy. Wilson and uh, and what's her face? <laughs> oh, Vera Farmiga? And Vera Farmiga can, uh, you know, carry the weight. Yeah. Oof. Right? You know, um, you know, uh, well, 
back to a good director, I just want to throw this out there real quick. Uh, stay, because speaking about Mike Flanagan, maybe remember this. I saw the director's cut of Doctor Sleep. How was and, that? We were. I meant to ask you how it how it was. Yeah, so it's it's a solid. Now it's a solid three hours, and mm. it's one of those things where it's like if you're watching director's cut, you're in it, and like that's that's like it's it's a big ask, but at the same time, it's still really good. <laughs> like good. watching that's it, good like too. watching it again, I was like, wow, this movie's still good. But like, it gives you. Uh, it, it's more just like longer conversations. Uh, some are they like, Im- are they important to the story and you know to, uh, uh, like do they move things along like are they like you know necessary or is it just not, fluff? Not really. Yeah, that's that's the caveat. Like it is, they are like fluff conversations, but I I dug it because it's I already like the world so much. You know, because we true. talked about it that's in true. our our original review where we where we just like the world. Yeah, this is very true. And like you get um, like one one example I, I can say straight out, um, it's you know it's when Ewan McGregor's uh, when we we're first introduced to his character, and you know we're we're first introduced to the older version of him, and he's like waking up drunk, and you know he's stealing the money from that woman. Uh, so the longer conversation with uh, with what's his name, like that goes on for longer. You know how the ghost guy pops up, okay, and, yeah, and he's like, you don't want to take that money. And that that conversation goes on a little bit longer, and then you see a part where Ewan McGregor tries to put the memory of him doing this bad shit into a box, and the guy's like, "You don't, you can't put memories away because that's gonna like it, it's one of those things where it's like it's gonna snowball into like you know locking your whole mind away or whatever." But it's just that was a cool little detail on top of everything else I knew about the movie already. And Ooh. it's 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 one of those things, Arturo. So it's like, I think you dig it. Like, there's there's not a lot of extra stuff, but the stuff that's there just, like, lets you sit in it a little bit more. It deepens the, the entire world and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you liked it already, I would recommend it. And since I know you liked it, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... Great, um, perfect. Yeah, I'll, give I'll it... Check it out. Yeah, like give it um give it some time though. Like uh cuz I just saw Doctor Sleep like a couple months ago. And so now I'm like I you know and this director's cut so fresh. So I'm like I'm wondering how it'll play if you just wait like a couple months down the line. Maybe yeah, watch check it, it out like, in the summertime, right? Just like yeah, a, like yeah. a, uh, on like a rainy June or July. Yeah. Pop Doctor Sleep, man. Exactly. Like I think I think it would like hit a lot more that way too like if, if the original version wasn't so fresh but um on another note of like just versions and stuff coming out and all that uh the hunt uh, we know it's we, finally coming out yeah like we didn't talk about it in our, our preview because it got s- straight up taken out of the schedule but um yeah the hunt it's coming in march yeah that's cool i was really excited to see it when it was originally going to come out Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of stuff happened in the country, which, you know, it usually does. And people didn't want to release it. Uh, yeah. So now they're going to release it. Um, and I'm hoping it was worth the wait because uh, they just couldn't mm. release it on video or something. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, why didn't you just put it on VOD or like on Netflix or Hulu or something? You know why? Because it's probably the budget. It had Hillary Swank in it and some other people of uh, – that we've seen before on screen. Um, so, right. th- you know, they, 
these people need to get paid. So <laughs> they probably was like, yo, we need to fucking try and get as much money as we can out of the box office. Right, because obviously it's gonna take a hit. Like you know, horror yeah. fans obviously are, are gonna catch it because horror fans always catch their movies in theaters. But um, like initially, it had a good little marketing uh, buzz going mm-hmm. um, when it was first announced. But now it's uh, it's like okay, cool. I hope it's good because yeah, because you know, they're they're trying to play into the fact that it was like controversial. Yeah, you know. I saw that in the commercial. I was like, "Yeah, fuckers. right." Mm, I'm it's like, a little desperate. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "You guys are dickheads." Because I wanted to watch it initially anyway. Now, you know, now I have to fit it into my schedule somehow. All right. Yeah, that's true too, right? Just to drop it and be like, "Oh, it's coming out in a month." Yeah, yeah. dude. Like, like, come on, fuck, man! Like these people have no consideration <laughs> of uh, of anything. But like again, like I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's decent. Like I'm, yeah. like, I'm gonna walk in into it because, honestly, they should have released it on video a long time ago because it just feels like one of those movies that you'd catch on Netflix back in the day and be like, right. oh, that was pretty good, you know. If it like now, I'm getting like the the feel that it should have been on a streaming service or something if they wanted to make some money with it, you know, um, yeah. because that would have kind of worked out for them better than waiting for this. But I guess it was, you know, other politics and, you know, Hollywood and studio yeah. shit. So. Who, who knows what went into making yeah. it, like, come out in theaters still after that. But, mm, yeah, and, like, mm-mm. yeah, but again, like, I don't, I wish they would have done it sooner like on a streaming thing, whether yeah. it's like on a shutter thing, which by the way, like uh, speaking of shutter real quick, they're going to um, in the near future, they're going to release the new f- version of creep show on AMC. So, that's, Ooh, so watch that's out for good. that peoples. Um, but yeah, um, I, um, I just hope this movie is decent. Um, you have some talent in it. It got us um, early on because they had a cool concept to it. It's uh, oh, yeah. you know, I love death games, dude. Like, dude, it's death games. It's these rich people kidnapping these, you know, middle class and lower class people, and I guess they gotta just fucking survive, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that sounds fucking cool. It's like a, a purge, but with a more of a game aspect to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's basically like I hope uh, it's good. Remember that scene in Purge? I think it was Purge Two, where uh, they end up in that little arena and getting hunted by the. I think that's exactly it. That little, yeah, that that, <laughs> that little scene in Purge Two. Yeah, where they're I hunted by that. the rich people. Yep, and now it's a whole movie. And like you know, the thing is, if this would have came out last year, I you know would have got overshadowed by Ready or Not. You know, yeah, ready because yeah, because it's the exact same thing. Yeah, but the know? end of the year would have just like hit them hard too, because you had Ready or Not, you had It Chapter Two, you had mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep. Um, yeah, it was a tough, uh, a tough fall for anything that wasn't like major. Honestly, let's see what happens. Right, March thirteenth, I, I believe, is the date. So right, and then after that, in April, we got another death, or was it May? I think we have another death game coming up uh, with Spiral, the Book of Saw. Yeah, which uh, again, I'm I'm pretty stoked about because of uh, the talent behind uh, the movie. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Rock is dope. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, uh, what is it Top Five? Is it? Yeah, right? Top Five. Yeah, that movie's mm-hmm. fucking solid. Um, it's a good he, movie. That's his uh, debut as well, right? As a director, I think it was his. I think it was his only one. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, he he did a good job with that solid movie. Um, and fuck it, dude. If if a dude like Chris Rock, a legend, honestly, like Chris Rock, um, if he is interested in getting into the horror game because he thinks he has a cool story to tell, dude, by all means, like by all means, please, you know, I want to see it because you know it's fucking Chris Rock. It, it it's like with um with Jordan Peele, right? Like mm-hmm. he was a comedian. He had a story to tell with Get Out, right? Yeah, he, he, he got it out there, you know. Yeah, because uh, I f- I forget who Jason Blum had an interview with. Apologies to to that, but uh, he mentioned that Chris Rock approached him about the idea like years ago. So I was like, whoa, okay, nice. like nice. that means he's been brewing with this for a while, and it just got confirmed, or as of this recording, uh, f- with an R rating too on top of that yep so very good uh, for, for blood for blood and torture so uh, we're we're in it baby we're in it i fucking love it um <laughs> i can't wait it, it should be dope it looks like they have a a good uh a good like a good story to tell um it Absolutely. looks i think uh the length of the movie as well is uh also pretty good right i don't mm-hmm. think it's i think it's under two hours too yeah i if, mean if last time i saw so yeah, saw, saw movies are are generally under two hours and nice and compact and, you know what i mean you don't need yeah. you don't need much fluff you just get right to it which is always great honestly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no listen the quality of saw movies we've spoken before they range right but like <laughs> yeah but at least they get right to it you know what i mean like they don't oh, fucking yeah. they don't dick around yeah they they might give you a little background flashbacks here and there but they're just fucking here you go here you go. We know what you guys want to see. Here's a, a a bunch of cool contraptions and obstacles and deaths and you know enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. we're going we're going deep into this. It may get ready for that, Arturo. Dude, get yeah, ready. I know. <laughs> you know. we're gonna have to like talk. It's gonna be probably an, like an extended episode about Saw. Oh, oh about yeah, Saw, about Saw and Spiral. Like yeah, it's gonna be fucking fun. I want to watch all the Saws in in order. It's gonna be great. So yeah, uh, but I hope that's great. What else is coming out? Oh, you know what just came out? Um, hmm. uh, it came out finally on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, I, I don't think I ever saw it in, ever like playing in theaters though. Uh, the Color Out of Space. Oh yeah, I don't think it went to theaters either. Yeah, like, maybe uh, maybe limited stuff. But yeah, like, maybe very limited though, because I you know you you know us we're in tune with that shit and we didn't hear about that. Like, yeah, until... that's true. And and you're in New York where it's like they show everything. Yes, even, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which, by the way, I heard that movie The Lodge is getting a wider release. Really? So, yeah. And The Lodge is the same directors as uh, Good Night, Mommy. I just uh, read. I was like, oh, that makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. So, what did you think of uh, of Good Night, Mommy? I liked it. Uh, I yeah? definitely um, – it wasn't as straightforward as everything made it seem in the trailer. And it was cool. I liked the twist in it that the brother was dead, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and then it was just that one kid, right? Yeah, see, that's why I'm like, uh, you know, I it, it didn't quite hit with me that hard. It didn't like, hit hard. Um, it, yeah. it, it hit because I think they were just able to make sure it all was pieced together well enough. Yeah, you know, because it could it could it could have been very fucking confusing. But I think at the end, you just understood what was going on, and we're like, okay, I get it. Okay, cool. You know, um, yeah. I I'm not gonna watch it again. Um, again, yes, there are absolutely. some movies that I just watch. I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, like that one for example was good. You know, it was. It, I liked it when I saw it. I don't need to see it again. And like this one and Color Out of Space. Yes, yes. agreed. Just like just like. <laughs> color space i saw it 
I don't need to see it again. Um, so Colorado Space is a story based off, it's based off of stories of H.P. Lovecraft. He, he wrote a story, The Colorado Space, and this is the adaptation of that. It's the first time I think they've adapted this story into, uh, into film or any kind of live action stuff. Um, and it stars our buddy Nick Cage as, uh, an amateur farmer, right, who just moved to the countryside. Who who uh, bought some alpacas and he likes to milk alpacas. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So let's, Every, everything was so decagey. Yeah, right? let's 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 start breaking this down. Uh, full spoilers for Color Out of Space, but at the same time, even if we spoil it, if it's you want to watch it, like it's you should watch it. It's not like we can talk about it, but there's nothing to spoil. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's weird because it's yeah. not really it's like it's not story stuff. It's like, it's, it's it's Lovecraft. Um, he's, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> this is what he does. He leaves a lot to interpretation. For instance, um, in all his stories, the bulk of his stories, he he gives a description of certain um, monsters and stuff like that. But in other stories, for, for example, like the Dunwich Horror, um, he describes things here and there, but he leaves it up to the the audience that whether it's the reader or the viewer to interpret that that certain evil um into whatever they'd want you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's his thing um and at times he gets as i mentioned he gets detailed with his stuff with cthulhu for example you know he's very detailed because he's everywhere um but his other um creations uh his other old ones um they're very like for example, in uh, a good example of that is in uh, in Hellboy, in the original Hellboy, right with uh, with Ron Perlman, when mm. the uh, the sky opens up and space opens up, what you see up there are old gods. Those are Lovecraftian gods and creatures and designs, you know, by Lovecraft. Uh, so it's all it's very like cosmic and very blobby and non shape and you know yeah it's so like otherworldly it never has a silhouette you know what i mean yeah um it's very otherworldly exactly and in this instance in a color space um this little farm gets hit by um a meteorite pretty much Mm -hmm. or um what could be a vessel of some kind alien vessel but it got hit by something it's very cool the colors the color out of space which is uh according to nick's case character um it's he said pink at first but then he couldn't describe it because it's true it's like a very a galaxy x color you know that purple dark blue pinkish color um it, it has that very hue to it throughout the movie um, yeah, it's a it's yeah. a very it was a very smart choice. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it, very intelligent. Yeah, it, it worked very well. Yes. So this uh, this alien thing landed on the farm and it let off a kind of um, vibe, you can say, where it started to slowly infect the area. You know, um, it started to kind of um, it, it emitted some kind of wave that was uh, kind of getting to everyone a certain way like differently um if for instance a nick cage's character became very dry skinned and like like i wanted to see him transform into something so bad honestly yeah i like that's that i was thought the payoff i, I missed th- out i thought on. that's yeah. where it was going too i agree it, it I had agree. so much potential because he was there he till was the gonna, very like, end yeah i thought he was gonna like scratch off his skin or something yes like, like yeah. very nick cage i was waiting for it because he kept scratching and scratching i'm like here it comes here it comes <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have like a nick cage ah the bees moment 
you yeah. know? <laughs> so, but that never happened. I think that was a missed opportunity, but I guess it wasn't part of the story. But why not as filmmakers at it? You know, you're, you're already taking this very, because it's hard to interpret Lovecraft properly. It's really hard to do it. That's why it's just best read. Yeah, because like the base story, like you said, it's it's his family getting infected. Yeah. Like that's that's really the narrative. Like that's yeah. the that's the entire thing, you know? And yeah. then they start you know, they start talking to each other and stuff like that, but like after they get hit by the thing, no, nothing like is driven by character anymore. Like no one's like no one makes any sense anymore. Like, yeah, the, dial- the dialogue starts getting super weird. Yeah, like I thought, uh, if for instance, uh, the daughter Livonia, or whatever her name was. Um, yeah, like L- Lavernia or yeah. Vonia or Vanya or whatever her name is. She something, was something Lovecrafty. Yeah, <laughs> she was the deepest of the characters, and I thought it would lead to something. But again, it's like you know, it just went at nowhere. Yeah, it's um, un- it's unconventional in terms of like you know if you like you said if you if you expect like a story then like it, you know it's it's two hours of not getting that absolutely not like, yeah it gets lost in the mix because I just guess um, I think this kind of story itself is more led to interpretation because there's a lot of other kind of creatures you remember when um the wife character and the youngest son got fused together oh right? it's so good yeah that was really fucking great um and then they were in such pain it was so good because like th- they looked like they were in pain and they looked just hideous was that um, was it practical could you tell i i couldn't um, tell it was a little half and half Right? Yeah, because yeah, we were just cool talking about CG monsters. Yeah, yeah and exactly. And then, speaking of monster, and then they fucking turned into a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they turned into, like, a, a, what was it, like a, a six-legged creature or something like that that was yeah. about to eat up, you know, the daughter character, Livonia, whatever her name is. Um, and that was kind of dope. That's very, like, that's what that's what the whole thing of Lovecraft is all about. Like, it's just weird fucking creatures and monsters um, from outer space, from the nethers, you know, from different realms and dimensions. Um, And I think this movie, in terms of interpreting that, I think it did a good job because it, because like, it didn't lose me. You know what I mean? Like, it could have easily lost me because of the way the story was weaved, you know, but they did a good job of trying to keep the viewer in there by, right. um, by adding some good horror stuff into it. Um, you know, some good, um, some good tension into it as well. Yeah. Cause and, it's... Uh, it, it was cool. Um, it, it was cool. I got it. I'm not going to watch it again. I think, I think a lot of that was like Nick cage. Cause like he, you know, cause we're, we're used to him being like off, like just off the wall. And like he's done so many like high concept stuff where we we know him as an anchor already, and I, yeah, I think um, like I think that's what held this movie together too. I want to say like when he's on screen, like um, I think what really pulled me in before like uh, you know it kicks off the the climax like really kicks into high gear and then you're in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like what is like the last thirty minutes or so? Then it's like I'm like oh I'm in it. 
But I think when when it really started hitting for me was when uh, he just started cussing a lot at his daughter. Yeah, he was just like, "Oh, you well, you could fuck like, well, fuck you and yeah, you, that get was the fuck out of my face. That was very was like, cagey." Yeah, and I was like, "This is weird." But then he was like, he he had he did a weird tone with it. He's like, "You could," he's like, "You could get the fuck out of my face." Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was "Yeah, like, that, what?" It was it was very Nick Cage. It's no wonder why they cast him, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because they, it, they, he did a good job of showing the moments when he is infected and it's kicking in, and when he's kind of just trying to be himself. Um, he does a good job of inflecting, um, and like doing that thing with his voice that he does sometimes. It's yeah. Goofy, you know, it's just like, it's the cage. He, he was really good. He was, he was good. He's good at playing someone who's getting fucked up. Like that's, he's so good at that. At just be manic. And that's why I was hoping they would like kind of have him know, scratch like, off his skin, you know? Oh, yeah, we were missing that moment. We yeah, yeah. We needed a we needed a Nick Cage payoff. Yeah, but like, but then again, it's not about Nick Cage. It's not about the family. But like, uh, yeah, like exactly. I, just uh, that's a good lead into what I was gonna say. Like, I was really interested as to what was gonna happen next. That's what right. kind of kept me in in the movie. Like, uh, because it it was such a weird kind of alien effect that it was having on everyone. Like, mm-hmm. it started to grow plants of other, you know, like, alien plants around it. It started to affect his vegetables, too, I believe. Um, yeah, like the tomatoes and yeah, stuff. Dude, yeah, dude. Um, it's and then that those little critters came off of that egg in the well. And, mm-hmm. like, it was going – it was, like, very sci-fi-ish. And I wanted to see what was going to happen next all the time. Um, because we also got uh, – like, for instance, when the dog got fucking ate up – right oh yeah like what the hell was that you know what i mean (laughs) so there's there's a lot of things that's just weird and i was more interested nick cage was good but i honestly was more interested as to where this was gonna go you know yeah because it's honestly about the color from out of space you know and not like the family the family is just happens to be where the color is landing yeah you know? you're right it, the payoffs are all like seeing all that come to fruition that's why like uh that last half hour when when the aliens start kicking in that was wild you know right yeah then it gets super cool like you, basically what when you see yeah when you see the spider fusion you know yeah when we get that full monster transformation, then we get the fucking alpacas. Dude, what the? Yeah, like, it was like a very John Carpenter's thing kind of uh, looking thing. So good, and that was good because that was all practical too. Yeah, that was all practical. It was like a like a six headed like alpaca or whatever. How many whatever many heads it has, and it was cool because you had to shoot him in the face. Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, it had cool moments in it um which kind of it kept it, it kept me going until the end mm-hmm. of the movie like no because yeah it was clear there was nothing to cling on to you know what i mean but they did a good job of throwing you a lot of cool shit to keep you entertained at least uh yeah that's one like thing this this director uh i've never heard of him before uh richard richard stanley stanley yeah so he's he used to do stuff apparently in like the nineties. So like He sounds like a nineties director. Yeah, and like it makes a lot of sense when you when you watch this movie, because like it's all visual shit. 
And like a lot of movie, like horror movies in the nineties were, it's mostly like, let's play with CG. Like, um, my favorite example of that, or like my favorite example of like, let's play around with visuals was Mimic. Yeah. Mimic is like, it's, it's not the best movie, but it's got a cool, like monster design and cool. And cockroach pus. Yeah, it's got cool visuals, and it's like it's kind of that. It's in that vein where it's like you know you're not following for to see if the family survives or oh let's see what that the, oh something's with the water. It's you're seeing what kind of weird shit's coming around the corner, and I I'm, you're right. I, I never want to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I have no need to see it. But. Uh, apparently, uh, this Richard Stanley character he's he's wants to make a. Uh, the Call of Cthulhu. You know what? I want to see that visual shit. Let's so give it to me, man. Do it. Like, why not? You know, I, I haven't. <laughs> that's funny shit. I, I. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, right. Because like the the thing the thing too is like color out of space is cool shit, and like that shit's so cool. It's enough for me to go. Hey, I didn't mind it that much, even though I sat there for two hours going, "What's going? Like, what's going yeah, on?" Yeah, one hour and fifty <laughs> minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for that for that one hour and forty minute mark to see exactly what was going to go down. Yeah, and word. I was like, "Oh, what happens?" And, and then, <laughs> like, you see a big fucking that that was a crazy explosion or, or whatever happened. You see the radius, like, yeah. of uh, of destruction that at that left is huge. Yeah, and, and then, then like that fucking guy, the what is it, the hydrologist guy? Yeah, and then he says some now. line. Like, is it from, like, the, the book, I guess, or some shit like that? Yeah, probably. We'll okay. Because, like, color out of space. Like, that. that's not a thing people say. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not. It's, it's a thing Lovecraft says. He's, his vocabulary yeah. and language is very Lovecraftian. Is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, because, like, if I went through the shit he went through, I'd be like, that was some wild shit from yeah, space. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, this shit was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that alien shit fucked up, dude. But you know, it's cool that like uh, I I don't want hmm, like the black guy survived. Yeah, good, that's great. Good for that. Like it, good for him. Fucking and good for representation. And good for Tommy Chong, right? <laughs> Yo, uh, thank you. I yes, fucking like, Tommy Chong, dude. I don't. You know, I he, was he like, must this know, motherfucker. He, look at you being all fucking. Yeah, he's wearing his like fucking hippie guru stoner makeup, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then he's great. He's the funniest character. He's because he's like he's making his own. He wants some Java man, <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to drink your fucking coffee because your water sucks. Yeah, it's great because he he basically filmed one scene. And then did some voiceover. I know. And, and he probably got a good check out of that, you know, because like, but then again, I liked his voiceover at the end. Yeah. Because it, it, it gave me some context as to what's going on, you know, and, and I don't know. Hmm. You know, it was cool when uh, Nick Cage was taking a shower and like that jellyfish shit fell out. Oh, yeah. Like he picked that yeah. shit up on the drain. Like, that's just gross. <laughs> then he started freaking out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that's when he got all that shit on his skin. That's why he started like, you know reacting that way yeah like we we're gonna have to do a full nick cage episode someday but like you watching this movie again and then like watching like um it made me think of mandy too 
where I'm like, man, this guy's so good at making the the smallest things seem like the biggest deals. Mandy was awesome. Um, yeah, Man- Mandy's perfect. It shares the same color palette as Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. which is funny. And Mandy is a very simple story interweaved with a bunch of complex visuals um, and characters. If you haven't seen Mandy, check it out. I don't think it's it was that long. It it goes very fast. It's like you blink and crazy shit happens. You blink again, you miss crazy shit. A lot of a lot of visuals, a lot of crazy looking visuals, um, a lot of colorful visuals. It has that pink, mm-hmm. uh, pinkish purple hue throughout the movie, and it works. It works with the characters. It works with the violence of the movie. Um, Nick Cage is really good in it. He's like this somber John Wicky kind of character, and um, that whole sequence with those fucking crazy dudes. I don't. I forgot what right. they were called, but they were like all hopped up on some kind of drug or whatever, and that shit was fucking wild (laughs) you know like my only thing with mandy is you know uh i've gone on record i don't know if i've done it on this show before too but um you know or yeah when we talked about like the japanese horror stuff yeah i don't i like i like death games and i like saw but you know it it sounds weird coming from me but i don't like like extreme violence yeah no it, it was obscene uh, yeah, and then there, there's a lot of inhumanity, and that's that's the only thing where I'd be like, just just know that going in. But you know what though, like it's um to that, uh, I say that it needed it. You know what I mean? I would agree to that too. The movie yeah. needed it for it to kind of travel t- to the end. Um, yeah, because that's that's the John Wick stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like exactly. John Wick has to do like hyper violence in order to like really hit. You know? I know, but yeah. but not. Uh, it's funny because they still. Go- I keep it kind of tame on John Wick. Um, yeah, because you know, you know cause it, like, it's more yeah. it's more a, a theatrical violence, you know. Um, yeah, where it's more true. mainstream. Uh, yeah, and Mandy Mandy's brutal violence. Yeah, Mandy's that yeah. indie violence, you know. <laughs> legit um indie violence is a good band name if no one has that yet. oh my god that's pad penning that shit yeah right indie <laughs> violence dude um indie violence that's great um fuck that's going it is right yeah, Yo, know. you got that that's shit it. let's start a band let's just fucking you know copyright let's, that shit right now yeah let's let's start one of those fake bands just so we can claim the name and be like, look, we already, you know. Well, it's like, well, oh, you guys don't make music. It's well, being uh, recorded you- right now. There's a timestamp <laughs> on this uh, audio signature right now. There's a, a there's a signature, a virtual signature on this audio section right now. How we're talking. That's true. Where indie That's violence true. sounds like a great fucking movie name, but um, uh, it it worked well. Uh, it was by some Greek director I've never really heard of. But apparently, according to the trailer, he's some visionary or something. I was like, yeah, you're some visionary. Yeah. Why haven't I everyone's fucking heard of you, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone's a visionary. I know, yeah. <laughs> My kid's a visionary. Come on. But uh, yeah, I never I never really seen his other stuff before. But they made it seem like he's some hot shit, you know? Um, but, you know, he made a good movie. It was very art housey, you know? Art cinema. It was focused on a lot of visual stuff. Very winding refin yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, you know, you know? it's once you once you start using neon, like yeah. or like red lights. Yeah, winding refin kind of patent that shit, and and anything like that just reminds me of like either like Neon Demon or like Drive or um, you know Only God Forgives. What do you think of Only God Forgives? 
I thought it was Drive, but for the uh, other fucking for the Thai cop, right? Yeah, it was the yeah the karaoke guy. Yeah, th- th- that was his Drive. You know, that was his version of kind of going through and kicking ass and shit. But it was filmed in a way where it didn't make it that obvious. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, it was I I honestly forgot what the main conflict was. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it was very visual visually um it was all about visuals honestly um, yeah because there's there's so many times in that movie where people just sit yeah and like it, it, so many pauses it was about visuals and ryan gosling right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of looking at ryan gosling looking at stuff yeah yeah definitely. so like ryan gosling got his ass beat too which is great because people <laughs> thought ryan gosling was gonna be like this the winner like no, yeah, because it's like no after Drive, especially exactly. It's yeah. like no wrong movie. He's he's in the he's he's the bad guy right now in his own version of Drive. So the fucking Asian dude is the one kicking his ass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good fight though. He beat the shit out of Gosling. That was great. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like it was just a confusing movie. Honestly, I don't think it even had a central plot. I know it revolved around some dude the cop trying to solve a case or something, but I don't even remember if that case got, um, you know, and, uh, or whatever. I know. I don't know. I know, uh, Corsfeed reviewed neon demon. Do you remember that one? Uh, neon demon was, uh, also oh, hold on before we get to neon demon. Remember, um, there's a scene in only God forgives with a needle and somebody's like, like, I think hand uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah. that was cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> Neon Demon was cool. Neon Demon was about a, uh, this girl trying to uh, get into the, like the modeling world and shit. Um, and uh, I think it had vampires in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was the whole point, but uh, you know, it was whatever. It was very forgettable. Yeah. You know, uh, along those lines, uh, a movie I'd like to recommend just out of uh, Starry Eyes. The only reason I remember that one. Did you like Starry uh, Eyes? I did. I, I saw it and I was like, okay, I, I, I just expected more, honestly. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I would recommend it, but <laughs> that's the caveat. Yeah. Because because uh, that girl's actually the, the Shelley Duvall in Doctor Sleep. Did you know that? Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Unless I'm mistaken. I remember looking that up, but uh, and that's what made me think of Starry Eyes. But no, you know, I think it's because I like the scene where she's like spinning around and then all the all the demonic shit happens. No, like, like, just, like that's cool. It was, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just thought it, it would be better. Yeah, because I, it, I feel, because I feel it, either. It, it, it ended up on a bunch of lists. You know what I mean, and when you end yeah. up on a bunch of lists, I have expectations. You know, um, <laughs> that's true yeah. though. That's a hundred percent true. So yeah. it's um, it, it didn't meet any of them. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Starry Eyes though. It was uh, it was cool though. Like it had some cool visuals on it uh, that I appreciated. And it had some cool violent shit, and it that was dope. Yeah, that was, fucking Netflix had a shitload of those kinds of movies. Like yeah, for a while, we we, talk, we talked about one. Uh, what was it? Like Perfection, I think was one we talked about. The Perfection. It, I like the Perfection. Yeah, I did too. But at the same time, I I don't remember what a, what my problem with it was. I just remember I had one like a big issue. Yeah, it was but, uh, like it was just kind of like like it's it's kind of average, right? Like it's, it's like it's good, but it's like right in the middle. You know what it is? They went with that skeezy angle you know that the school guy that the like headmaster is the guy kind of you know sexually abusing the girls who are playing in school 
you know? Yes. So they went with that angle, which was very icky, you know? And um, I liked how they got their revenge. I I liked the girls' story, but then this icky angle had to be added to it to kind of connect them. Um, It was a necessary evil, but it was just... um, It kind of left a really sour taste in your mouth because of that. But I really dug how... it, It was very, like, French of them to have that kind of ending going on i think it, it, it was very bleak of an ending you know because they both mm-hmm. had to like lose an arm and shit right so that was very cool i like that stuff that's my kind of that's my kind of horror um i like that bleak shit um and that reminded me of a french movie a whole bunch of french movies you can talk about high tension <laughs> you can talk about fucking frontiers um you can talk about martyrs like shit and go on um, you know, any movie where uh, we, yeah, we mentioned this all the time and you, you especially, cause like one of, one of your big things when you did Corpse Feed was like, uh, you, you want to see movies where people sacrifice a part of themselves. 100%. Um, if my theory is you have to sacrifice something, you got to give blood in order to survive mm-hmm. the story. You know, if you don't give blood to survive, you're not, you know, you, you're either already dead or it's not going to work. Because it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, it's not right to kind of... It's a, it's very disrespectful to the antagonist, right? Because you're trying to create this aura of having a person who is a fucking killer, you know, legit. Um, you can't say that the person got away fucking without a scratch. That's bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. Because this person all of a sudden can't kill this one person, can't even hurt this one person, right? But yet he's fucking has a, a list of people he's mowed through to get to this one person who he can't touch. Get the fuck out of here. Like, it's it's not realistic. You have to be able to sacrifice something in order to live through some ex- that ordeal you know that that's in a very traumatic extreme ordeal that will leave you scarred whether physically or emotionally usually both um it shouldn't be all fucking you know rainbows and butterflies and shit you know like right. you're you're fucked you're fucked up uh, this is why i really enjoyed rob zombies halloween too um because uh Lori, um, and her friend Annie, who survived the whole ordeal with Myers, oh. they're fucked up. Like, these people yeah. are, are going to therapy. They're on medication. Like, they're just, like, not good people anymore because of the ordeal. And I think that's really cool because that that's what would probably happen to somebody. Um, yeah. You know, like, it's going through some traumatic shit like that. Somebody legit trying to fucking kill you. Like, their only aim is to just end you you know you're gonna be fucked up for life because of that and if you don't give anything to that story it's disrespect to the antagonist trying to give off you know this dread in the story because let's be real um all horror movies are about the bad guy you know like yeah it's about the antagonist in the story um the antagonist just happens to be the protagonist but in you know in visually in optics you need the star you need that one person that will anchor it to trying to relate to people because not everybody will relate to the antagonist um that's not how they want it to work but that's how good horror works when you click with the antagonist and you know like listen like this guy is out for blood like for instance like people who fuck with jason they're always fucked up 
know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jason will fuck you up. People who fuck with Myers are always fucked up. People who fuck with Freddy are always fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, like these are people, this is why these people are legends. Even people who fuck with Chucky. You know what I mean? Like, this is why these guys are horror legends. Like, because they'll fuck you up. Like, mentally, uh, physically, uh, emotionally, they leave a scar. And that's why we kind of are attracted to these movies. And this is why I think 100%, if you don't, if you don't get maimed, if you don't get fucked up, like if you're not traumatized, if you don't have any PTSD at the end of a horror movie, then what's the point? You know, we're there to see you try and survive this ordeal. And, you know, that's yeah. just my way of thinking about it. But that's uh, that's what makes horror great. Like people were focusing on um, the evil, on the bad guy, and that's r- rarely done well. Um, and they... People usually kind of like market it in a way where you get a franchise like Friday the 13th and Jason just pops up anywhere. Um, it's a, it's a rare occasion that we're getting what we're getting, honestly, with uh, with Halloween kills and Halloween ends. So I'm very excited about that this October and next year as mm-hmm. well, where they actually take a character um, because you have the John Carpenter's original Halloween, right? And then you have... Mm-hmm. Um, this one that just came out back in 2018 as part two, and then you're going to have a close um, in by 2022. You know what I mean? That's a rare occasion. Um, you have a lot of instances in franchises where these people just respawn, right? But they're good, legit going to end Michael Myers, and I think that's going to be fucking great. Um, and I'm a fan of Michael Myers, and, and that's good. That's what you need. You need um, in order... Like, yeah, you need that closure. Yeah, dude. dude, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why Jason, yeah, you're cool and shit and you're iconic, but like, you're just like, you just show up anywhere, you know? Like, yeah, like, I think it's not, it's, it makes it lose its luster, you know? Yeah, I think that's why I was always a huge fan of like Final Destination. Yeah. Like, that's, cause that's like, it's super conclusive each time. Yeah. There's, exactly. There's no cheating death. Like, death is literally the antagonist. It's around you. Death. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it always fucks up everybody because it always kills everybody. Even if they, like, think they cheat it, like, you know, even... It like, comes that's around, yeah. Ulti- it comes back yeah. around to get you, bro. Yeah, and, like, in the first movie, Devin Sawa's already fucked up, and you see the mental shit because he's, like, he can't trust anything, yeah. you know? Like, and then he dies from a brick off screen. I know. <laughs> and then, like, Ali Larder, the one carryover, she He's in a mental institution because it's like, yeah, of course you'd be fucked up after all. Dude, that, you're you traumatized, know? bro. Fucking and then, traumatized. And then you fucking bite it. Like that that's why I'm like, I I think that that one's always go like goes down as my favorite because it's like you get the ultimate closure. You know what's and, um uh you know what's a good one um as well that unfortunately people like kind of look over is Hellraiser one and two. So um the yes, girl from Hellraiser yes. One, uh, the niece of uh, of uncle frank um you know she's fucked up she she starts part two in the mental hospital because no one fucking believes her she's gone through this shit and like no one like is is gonna let her go because they think she's fucking crazy and she herself has to question is she going crazy because how is this fucking possible it's like she's not questioning what she saw but she's like what the fuck is going on like it's just blowing her fucking mind and like it's it's people don't believe her at the same time she's going like nuts inside because she can't just fucking fathom what the hell is going on in front of her with this fucking um with the lament configuration box and everything and it's just it's nuts so that's that's all folks 
We're gonna yeah, it, yeah. it ties it back into color out of space. Yeah. right. It's you know because color out of space, it's like it's it's them just kind of reacting in their own ways to the crazy shit they're saying and feeling. And, you know, and and that's part of all of this, because it's like in all these movies, like you said, like it's the antagonist and in horror in general, you're watching to see what the antagonist does. Exactly. Like that's like, you know, yeah, you want, you know, if you're rooting for the people, you want them to survive or whatever. But it's like you're there to see how they get fucked up. And again, as I mentioned, if yeah, you can survive. But what? Are you going to give to survive? Exactly. At what cost are you going to survive? Like, I don't mind you living through the movie. Trust me. Like, it's cool. But, you know, you got to go through some shit. So just be prepared for that. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to go through some shit if you want to live through this. Once again, uh, with me is uh, my main man, Nick Valdez at comicbook.com. Bye, everybody. (laughs) And I am Arturo Padilla, the man behind the face. And uh, once again, you can catch us on all the socials. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and big th- shout out to Glenn Murawski for the intro. Thank you very much. We highly appreciate that too, my brother. And um, uh, you guys, um, it's a scary world out there, but uh, we'll be here to walk you through it. Mm-hmm.